welcome to Sports Without Borders. We made it to episode 10, Dalen. God damn it, we did it. Which I did not we realize did it. it was episode 10 until you told me about five seconds ago. <laughs> right before we started recording. Hey, did you know that it's episode 10? But uh, And just breaking in, I know that we're about, we're not going to be talking about any of this today, but just got into my phone. Uh, Blazer star McCollum, three years, $100 million with Portland. So he hey. is staying with Portland. God dang. So that means Dame and uh, CJ McCollum are raking in $297 million. Dude, just good for them. The they they have they, absolutely earned it. Those two of all the players right now earn it the most, and I, I'm glad they got it. So, uh, But on this episode, we are not talking about the NBA. We are talking about it is the GOAT episode. We made it to episode 10, so we've got to celebrate somehow. We are strictly just talking about GOATs of all sizes the and shapes. Of, the greatest of all time when it comes to NBA, both offensive and defensive. A lot of different um, NFL goats because you can't just have one goat of the NFL. It's more like you've got to have one different positional goat. Um, and we're going to talk about best, te- best tennis player, best uh, golfer, and uh, also, Dale, and I mentioned this last week, we're going to talk about the next 25 Super Bowl winners. And you will be <laughs> <Yeah>. shocked <laughs> at who is the next 25 Super Bowl winners. This was published in 2016, so some of them have already been predicted, and I haven't even looked since then if they were right. We will get to that later on in the episode. Yep, solicited, first, folks. <laughs> this is It's going to be intense, and I think I can hear Dalen just going. He's not going to be able to talk. He's going to be laughing so hard. Yeah, just wait. You're going to hear about an exciting merger that could possibly happen. <laughs> it is, it, and it, it legitimately could happen. I would not be surprised <laughs> if Roger Goodell, in his last two days in office, says, this is happening, and he hits the gavel. But first, the NFL has many different greatest players of all time. There is a greatest running back of all time. There's a greatest wide receiver of all time. There's a greatest quarterback of all time. There are so many different – you can't just name one player and call him the greatest in football. You've got to go positional. And, Dalen, let's talk about quarterbacks first. Because I'm telling you right now, is there anybody – I'm. this is going to kill me saying – is there anybody better than Tom Brady as quarterback in the NFL? God, it's so hard. It is so difficult because when you go into any professional sport, the ultimate goal is not stats. The ultimate goal is not, you know, records. The ultimate goal is getting that championship. Yep. And you look at Tom Brady, man. He's got he's got some rings, man. Like, He's got the same amount of rings as the entire Pittsburgh Steelers franchise. That's insane. I'm. It's tough because I don't, and I, I've argued this with other people that Tom Brady is the GOAT. Like, you, you kind of have to give him that respect. But it's also, you can't be like, oh, Bill Russell's the best because he has, you know, 11 NBA Finals championships. Like, no, you can't. That's not a solid argument. But... God, it's hard to go against. I do think Tom Brady, all in all, you have to be like, yeah, he's the best. He has, what, three MVPs. He's got um, six, no, six rings, five rings. Six rings, three MVPs. I've got his stats pulled Six rings, pulled three up. MVPs. Do I think he's necessarily the most talented quarterback? No. I think, I think Drew Brees is more talented. I think Aaron Rodgers is is more talented. I think Peyton Manning is more talented. Um, I do, 
I do think you could say Tom Brady is more clutch. I think he's had a lot more clutch moments, a lot more uh, meaningful moments where he's made it happen. Um, but uh, see, like I personally, and I'm biased because I'm a Colts fan, but aside from that, like Peyton Manning, I would put at the top. Okay, and here's my here's my argument for Tom Brady. Again, I hate saying this because I'm a damn Minnesota Vikings fan, and it kills me to talk about Tom Brady. It honest to God kills me. But when you have a 207 and 60 record as a quarterback, and you have a 64 percent completion rating over the course of your entire career, over 70,000 yards, over 515 touchdowns, 35 comebacks, 44 game-winning drives. And let's not also talk about how the Atlanta Falcons choked and he came back down 28-3 and what would be maybe the greatest Super Bowl game of all time. Dude, it makes I, you wonder, what would Tom Brady be where he is now if he lost that Super Bowl? Oh, man, that is tough. Because, I mean, I could see, I could see if he would have lost that Super Bowl, and let's just say, let's just say, for example, the... Uh, let's just say the Atlanta Falcons kept going and they blew out the Patriots. Let's just say that they the Patriots only scored 10. That would be a killer for his career, and maybe he would have come back for the next year to try to redeem himself, but there's no way, there's no way he would have came, came back after that. No, I, I don't think so. I think... But then again, it's Tom Brady, like that TB12 method, man. Like, it's so... he's. He's throwing further than he ever has. He's faster than he's ever been. You know, he's throwing more accurately. You know, we not, saw Peyton Manning, although Peyton Manning had a, a neck injury that, you know. But then again, when Peyton Manning came back with Denver that first year, it was the greatest offense of all time in 2013 with the Denver Broncos. Right, right. And so, and, yeah. Go ahead. I know it's it's tough because, like, I'm sorry, but, like, when you look at Todd Brady – and you have the combination of he's got the stats, he's got the comebacks, he's got the MVPs, and then to go alongside it, he's got six frickin' Super Bowl rings. I can't, I can't say no to him. The only person that I can think that's close right now, in my opinion, is Joe Montana. Right. That's close. That's the, that would be my second place. But what? right now, the greatest of all time for me is Tom Brady. I think it was... Max Kellerman, uh, on I think it was on first take, he was talking about it, and he was talking about Aaron Rodgers, and I, everybody can agree that Aaron Rodgers is a very skilled, one of the most skilled and most athletic quarterbacks. Um, very. He, both in the pocket, out of the pocket, he can do it all. But. Right. It comes to a point when you are 36 years old as, you know, this elite quarterback and you only have one Super Bowl ring. Granted, it's your first appearance, only appearance and, you know, or only appearance as of yet. Um, it really puts into question your status as a possible goat. And I, I agree with that. I, at this point, Aaron Rodgers has kind of fallen underneath because it's like, dude, what have you proven? Exactly. Like, where, and where have you gone? And again, you know, our friend Andrea is going to kill me when I say this, but look where, where look where he's playing. He's playing for a team right now that used to be when you would talk about the playoffs, the first team you talk about is the NFC North and where the Packers are going to be. Mm -hmm. Right now, you have you have 
easily the Bears are ahead of them. And then it's kind of a toss-up between the Vikings and the Packers because those two are going to be so neck-and-neck when it comes to the playoff race and possibly getting a wild card. And then you've got the Lions, which are probably going to get no more than four wins. But I think that right now he is not in that consideration due to the fact that I hate to base it off of rings, but he only has one ring, and he's only Mm -hmm. had one chance to get a ring. And that's not his fault, per se like I mean some of it is obviously but I'm saying like it's not all his fault Aaron it's all your fault god damn it Aaron well I remember I I used to play the argument when Tom Brady only had five rings and one MVP and Peyton Manning had five MVPs and two rings and I'd be like well you know what would you rather have you know five MVPs and two rings or three super or you know five rings and two MVPs and it's like no you're you're gonna want those five rings man (laughs) you're always gonna want to take the championships over that because I mean yeah I think I think it goes to show however that overall Peyton Manning was a better gifted and more talented quarterback individually but look at what Tom Brady was able to do Right. Especially being drafted 199th overall. Which, that's what I'm saying, is like, that also makes him another GOAT. Because, like I said, you've got your 35 comebacks, your 44 game-winning drives for crying out loud, and you are drafted in the dirt of the fifth round, where if you get someone in the fifth round like that, you've got something. Even just just to get something in that round is a is huge even if it's just he goes one year as a to the pro bowl but this guy my god dalen you i mean i just i'm sorry i'm stuck on tom brady i can't there's it's a no-brainer to me well and being you know gifted uh to a quarterback underneath the greatest coach of all time and bill belichick like how lucky and bill belichick has this gift of turning weird misfit nobodies into these incredibly talented players and part of that is because Tom Brady pretty much just does what he wants when he's out there exactly so uh but I'm gonna stick with Tom Brady are you sticking with Tom Brady are you gonna go with your uh Colts Broncos Peyton Manning I god it's hard I I mean you have to go with uh no I think I just <laughs> I because I, I think Peyton Manning is an individually better quarterback. But right. Tom Brady has six Super Bowl rings. <laughs> what six six rings and and eight Super Bowl appearances? Like it's just insane. It is. It is. And I mean the two the two or three times he's lost have been pretty dang close. Like, wait, I mean, does he, lo- does he have? No, he's been to the Super he's, Bowl nine times. Yeah, because he lost to the Giants twice, and then he lost to the Eagles most recently. Yes. Okay. There we go. So, I'm sticking with Tom Brady. <sighs> All right, I'll go with Tom. Yay! Nice. Good job, Dalen. I know that kills you, but <laughs> we agree. We agreed on something. That is absolutely insane. <laughs> Uh, that, that, that never happens <laughs> you got, that we agree on a, on a player together. Uh, 
now to running backs. Like when we get to these other positions, like running back, wide receiver, I feel like it's going to be a little more. We're going to have a little bit of a discussion about these. All right. Uh, running back is so tough because it feels like there are there's so many to choose from, and there, it's almost like it's based on eras. Like there are certain oh, eras absolutely. of. It's kind of like when we get to wide receivers and tight ends. There are certain eras of running backs where one was better than the other. But when it comes to running backs, right now, I cannot say no to Walter Payton. Ooh, Walter, Walter Payton. P. Walter Payton has just – he has these abilities that, I mean, okay, he has a humanitarian award named after him, first off. Second off, this man, I think, just has the stats that you just don't see in the NFL today. Like, okay – he had three had over 3800 rushing attempts almost 17000 yards over the course of his career and 110 touchdowns i think that is just absolutely insane and he's won the mvp he won the mvp four times he played in the NFL, he played play, nine playoff games but still oh god i didn't I'm realize not, he had four mvps yeah yeah so he is just absolutely insane and when you played against him, like I was watching some of just some of his stuff before uh, we started recording. Oh my God, he's like the he was like the back then Adrian Peterson in my opinion, and he <laughs> just he crushed it. And Adrian Peterson also give him a little bit of time, and maybe we'll consider him. I'll consider him in like my top five right now. But right now, the greatest of all time running back, Walter Payton. See and. The person I chose is actually pretty closely affiliated with Mr. Walter Payton because it's the biggest rumor um, that Barry Sanders retired in respect to Walter Payton. Um, and yeah, so, yeah, I've heard that. That's that's my guy, uh, Barry Sanders. He, oh God, let me. I'm trying to find. I had his stats. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. So yeah, he's got. 3,062 carries, 15,269 yards, um, averaged five yards a carry, 99 touchdowns. Um, he's just insane. He What Barry Sanders had, I think, over, you know, he was, it was basically, in the, it was him and Emmett Smith were kind of the two at the time. Um, and you had other talented running backs, but I think it was those two. And I would definitely take, Barry Sanders over Emmett Smith one because Emmett Smith was behind one of the greatest offensive lines and just offenses in general in that 1990s Dallas Cowboys whereas Barry Sanders the whole time was stuck with a basically garbage mediocre Lions team and yep, yet he, it was just he him. in like every single year I think it was every single year he um had at least a thousand yards he had 14 games straight with at least 100 yard uh, 100 yards every single game. Um he's I think number 3 um or in the top 3 all-time rushing yards, top 3 all-time um uh carries um, I don't know, top 3. But what Barry Sanders was able to do unlike any other running back was the way that he could move because he had a tendency underneath a garbage offensive line to get everybody collapsed on him, but somehow he would get out of it every time. And 
I just don't think there's anybody that we've seen that can move and has the agility, also the power to plow through somebody the way that Barry Sanders did. And I was actually reading and um, he, in his book that he wrote about himself, because he retired at 31 years old, you know, basically in his prime. And right. turns out the reason he says is um, because of his frustration with the Detroit front office that they just didn't want to win. They weren't doing anything for him. They weren't doing anything for the team. And so it was his final game, and he said he was on the sideline crying because he knew that it was over for him. Right. And I could see the argument for him. I mean, he is a he is a great running back. Uh, you know, I mean, Walter Payton retired after he turned 33. But then, but back then, I mean, 33 was kind of, you were getting old then. Uh, and so 33 is still pretty good, though, for uh, – Walter Payton, I could, I could definitely see Barry Sanders. That was one I was tossing up, but I just can't say no to Walter Payton when you look at his numbers, and Barry Sanders is there. Uh, another one I like to consider, I almost considered, was Eric Dickerson, yeah. uh, who holds the single-season record. That was one I considered, but I'm just sticking with Walter Payton. I like I like him way too much to not say no. So you've got yeah, Barry, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was right on track to beat – that all-time rushing record, but yeah, he quit right before he he crossed the line. Um, I mean, if he if he's frustrated, it makes sense too. But dude, to it was extent. so so much fun to watch Deion Sanders against Barry Sanders, dude. Watching right? those two, exactly. watching those two go against each other is such a fun sight to see. Yes, it was indeed. So we've got our quarterbacks, we've got our running backs. Now time for wide receiver. I was on a toss-up between two players, only two, and that was between a player who I personally loved watching growing up, and a player that I and I and a player that I only got to see play like twice. You're gonna say Randy Moss, right? He's got to be one of them. Yep, Randy Moss was one of them, <laughs> yep. and the other was Jerry Rice. But I'm sorry, Ooh, Jerry. But I'm sorry, my goat is Jerry Rice. It kills me. Woo! It kills me. But I mean, come on, Rand- it's Randy Moss for crying out loud. I wanted Randy Moss to be my goat, but you can't because you've when you've got almost twenty three thousand receiving yards and you are just a dominant player over the course of nearly twenty years. Yeah, he's well, but that that's a a big criticism with. Randy Masso is he out of the gate he was fantastic and then he kind of fimble and then he had you know big moments near the end with the Patriots and whatnot but um I feel I feel like Jerry Rice had a lot more consistency than Randy Moss did I mean okay I see that but I mean I'm just I'm just a I'm just a Randy Moss fan like when he got drafted that was my guy Uh, yeah and Plus, he's just a great personality. Yes, and so when he got elected to the pro, to the Super Bowl, I mean, not to uh, to the Hall of Fame, that was kind of like the entire Vikings got elected into the Hall of Fame. Every Viking fan, because he was <laughs> such a, and he was such a humble guy to the Minnesota Vikings, and until he became a trash mouth and won and left, and then he came back and signed a ten day contract so he could retire a Viking. So, I'm fine with that, but Jerry Rice. Come on. Is there anybody better than Jerry Rice? Well, 
It, I, I think one huge benefit that Jerry Rice had was his longevity. He played for, what, 20 seasons, 21 seasons? Yeah, he was in the league for almost 20 years, from 85 to 2004. Yeah, finished off with the Seahawks when he was, like, 42 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just insane to think of. Exactly. Well, I My pick for best wide receiver is Mr. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, greatest hands to ever play. Okay. I'm trying I, I, I'm trying to follow. So, and I don't I don't have his stats pulled up, but for me what I love to see in a wide receiver is consistency. Like Larry Fitzgerald has more tackles in his career. He's been, you know, 16 seasons or whatever it is. He has more tackles in his career than he does dropped balls. How insane is that? That is pretty insane. <laughs> he, has more, he has more tackles than he has dropped balls in his career. He's Everybody knows he's the greatest hands. Everyone's saying, oh, Odell Beckham. Nah. 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 Give me give me Fitz. Give me, give me Larry, okay? I always draft him and, in fantasy football. Always. Oh, absolutely. Because he's, you know... Even if he doesn't get the touchdowns, you know he's gonna you know get the touches at least. Like the ball is gonna go to him. Right. Okay. Um, so Larry Fitzgerald's stats: uh, just a little over sixteen thousand yards, thirteen hundred receptions, hundred and sixteen touchdowns. My boy Larry. And plus, he's he's just like the greatest person ever. Yeah. So um, I could see that. That respectful pick. Give him. A, let's see what he does in his last couple of years, because you know he's probably gonna be done in maybe three seasons or so. Uh, we'll see, man. He's still. He said as long as he's having fun and being productive, which he absolutely is. Mm-hmm, and um, he, but I think one thing too about Larry is that even though he hasn't had a Super Bowl win, he did have one of the probably the the greatest Super Bowl performance of all time in two thousand eight. Oh yeah, um, against the Steelers. But he absolutely shines when it comes to the playoffs. He has his whole career. Some of his absolute best stats have come in the postseason, and I don't think there's really anybody that has shined quite as much as he does, especially in the postseason. Yeah, and okay, Just he is so clutch. He is very, very, he's very gifted. He does have hands of gold, as I like to call it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> hands it, of gold. I mean, it's just it's beautiful to watch him play. It makes football enjoyable again. And now that he's got a well, they did. he's got a young quarterback, I'm excited to watch mm-hmm. those two play together. That'll be interesting. Well, they did. Um, it was like a a thirty for thirty or a football life. I think it was on Larry Fitzgerald, and it was like a court. I can't remember who it was. It was a coach. He's like, he's like, why is it that whenever I catch a football, it sounds like you know me clinging, you know, frying pants together. <laughs> but when Larry catches a football, it sounds like feathers. He's like, how is that fair? There was, it was a backup quarterback. And he's like, it happens all the time where we'll be practicing and Larry will, you know, catch this amazing, you know, one handed behind the back catch. And everyone just kind of, you know, is like, whatever. So nonchalant. And he's like, guys, that was one of the greatest catches I've ever seen. Exactly. And nobody cares. Right. Because it's just so nonchalant because he does it all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, all right, so Larry Fitzy, so Fitzy is your greatest wide receiver of all time. Jerry Rice is my greatest wide receiver of all time. 
we're going to have to do this, I think, later on, Dale, and we're going to have to uh, – there's this website called whatifsports.com. We're going to have to go on there, and we're going to have to build what is called our dream team, and then you can play against each other, and you can see what the outcome oh, is. Yes. So I think we're going to have to do this just to see which greatest of all time team is better between us two. Moving on. Oh, I definitely I definitely think we should do that a- for the next episode. Absolutely. So for tight end, again, I was in a toss-up between two players. And you could probably guess the two players that I'm about to name. One just got just, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna say Antonio Gates or Gronk. Well, you got one of them, Gronk. But Ooh. I didn't go with Gronk because I think he's coming. I I think he's gonna come back next year. Nah, he's done. Oh no, he, Gronk is done, da, dude. If he gets the money and if he gets the offer to come for a team like maybe the Patriots or maybe a team that needs a tight end that has the potential to win a Super Bowl, he's coming back. But no, Gronk is tired of hurting his body and he just wants to have fun. We'll see. But I didn't choose Gronk as my greatest of all time. My greatest of all time tight end is Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, boy. <laughs> That's my pick, too. Yeah. You can't not pick Tony Gonzalez. He had such a dominant career. I mean, we are talking like, and look at that smile. You see that smile every morning on Fox, and you know you want to watch some football. That guy is such a humanitarian, <laughs> and he also has such a flip. He has just an amazing record, just an amazing like resume. 1,300 receptions, over 15,000 yards, 111 touchdowns as a tight end. And you know what? Sometimes I could even argue, this is going to sound so bad when I say this, but I could even argue sometimes his, some of his days with the Falcons were better than when he was with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think one big thing is that um, the Falcons, the Chief, well, because the Chiefs had a pretty solid running game, and so they focused a lot on that and utilized him as a blocker. And I think going to Atlanta, um, especially um, with Matty Ice coming into play, they didn't really have a running game, but oh boy, they had, you know, they got Julio Jones, they had Roddy White, Matty Ice, and then good old uh, uh, Mr. Gonzalez in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just don't, I think he was just surrounded by a better passing game. Yeah. And it lifted him and they relied on him as that um, veteran on that young team. Yeah. And he was very, very, very good player. And uh, I, I just can't say no to Tony Gonzalez. I mean, it's just Tony Gonzalez for crying out loud. Uh, so we, I'm, he's just so far and above anyone else. Yes, and I'm glad that we we that is two players we agreed on. That is a record, I think, right there that we agreed on two well, things. I think, I think one thing that puts him also above so many, like someone like Gronk, even or you know Antonio Gates, is his mobility. Right, like a lot of those guys didn't weren't able to run solid routes. You know, it's pretty much just go straight forward and rely on your height. Mm-hmm. Tony Gonzalez was an athletic person who was mobile. Yes, and that was a huge benefit to his game. Yes, I agree. So uh, now we've got now we're going to move on to a defensive line. Uh, so this is just kind of anybody that's a defensive tackle or a defensive end. And uh, I got to go with Reggie White, man. Reggie White, boy, he he about as big as the fridge, and he will knock you out in a hurry. I think that he is just a big guy. I think that he is someone that is – I wouldn't say he's mobile, 
but he knows how to get through and he knows how to make the tackle or make the sack. Reggie White, of course, was my pick as well. It was him, and I also really love uh, Mr. Mean Joe Green. Yes, that was um, my was, that was my number two. Yeah, with the four rings with the Steelers, the dude was just a, the epicenter of the Iron Curtain. But Reggie White, and I think one thing about him above most others, um, and I think the only person you compare it now to is even like Aaron Donald. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is Is... He and Aaron Donald um, specifically are so technically perfect with all their different, you know, whether it's a swim or the elbow or just the bull rush, whatever. Their techniques are so far and above and just perfected Mm -hmm. that they're able to get through any line no matter. And, you know, Reggie White, he was double teamed every single game, but he still just dominated everybody. I mean, listen, he's yeah. He's got the record with three sacks and, you know, in that Super Bowl with Green Bay. Right. And so here's the other thing, too. Over the course of his career, 198 sacks. Uh, he recorded in back-to-back seasons, he went 21 sacks and then 18 sacks, which is unbel- unreal. <laughs> Over 1,100 uh, tackles. Uh, 10,000 of those were – I mean, 1,000 of those were uh, solo tackles. So uh, – <laughs> and here's what I think is flipping hilarious. He's got three interceptions. And he went. Does he really? He, That's awesome. <laughs> he has three interceptions. Yeah. He is just a dominant, dominant athlete. When it comes now for secondary, it, I kind of combine them because cornerbacks and safeties are nearly identical. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know that right. they're, I know that they're, Different positions, but they're almost the same position. If you know, it, it kind of makes no sense, but they're almost the exact same position. This guy barely played, and it sucks he barely played. I really wish he could play more because then I could, and I'm still going to consider him the greatest of all time. I can't argue with Sean Taylor. I mean, when you mm-hmm. watched him, when you watched him play, it was a whole new level. It brought a whole new level to that se- to secondary. It made the secondary more enjoyable to watch again. And it sucked that he was taken from us so early. And if he would have played just even one more season, he could have racked up so many more stats. But I'm not going – this is the pick that I'm not going based off of mostly stats. I'm going this pick based mostly off of what I see – what I saw and just the level of energy that was brought to the field when he stepped on. I am going to go because I didn't plan for this. Um, I didn't realize we were doing this position. Um, But I'm going to go with uh, one of my all-time favorites, um, another Baltimore Raven, and that is Mr. Ed Reed Jr. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Let's see here. So we got – let me pull up some statistics. While you're pulling those up, my my second would have been Night Train Lane. Uh, He was a dominant player as well. Who? Huh? <laughs> Night Train Rain? Lane. L-A-N-E. Night Train Lane. Have you never heard of him? No idea who that is. Who the hell are you, Dalen? What in the that's, hell? That's a real name? Yes, Night Train Lane. Rich. His name is Richard Lane. I am not kidding you. He play, He He was dominant beyond belief. Like, we are talking... I, yeah, I, 68 never, 68 never. interceptions 
68 interceptions over the course of his career. When and he played he, for 13, 13 seasons when, between 1952 and 1965. Oh, God. Yeah, I have no idea. I have <laughs> never heard of him. Okay, everybody. I want everyone to listen to this. I want everybody right now to pull out your phones. I want everybody to go... <laughs> Daily, you're going to kill me when I say this. I want everybody to go to Instagram. I want everybody to find Dalen Turk, spelt D-A-Y-L-E-N-T-U-R-K, and DM him and tell him he's an idiot for not knowing who Night Train Lane is. <laughs> what a moron. <laughs> he's a knucklehead. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You don't know who Night Train Lane is? <laughs> I have literally never heard of that name. Not a okay. Anyway, time. continue on with your Ed Reed stats bullshit. Okay, so Ed Reed, I I wasn't able to find a bunch of stats on him, but uh, his forty yard dash was four five seven because that matters. Um, <laughs> he had um, nine defensive touchdowns, um, which isn't I mean super crazy. He had um one thousand five hundred ninety interception return yards, however, um, and I think that kind of goes to show that he was one of the best ball hawks that the game has ever seen. Like you, when you saw Ed Reed back there in that secondary, you did not throw back there. You, you kept it inside or you ran it because Ed Reed was going to pick the ball. It was going to happen. It was. And I, I like, I like Ed Reed uh, a lot. That was a good pick. Another one, uh, Troy Palomalu was another pick that I almost considered. Uh, oh, Palomalu, man, he was fun. Yeah, not only was he uh, a great defensive player, but man, he knew how to jump and jump the line, and he knew how to. Uh, and his hair was luscious because of Head and Shoulders. Uh, <laughs> but please sponsor us, <laughs> Head and Shoulders. Uh, but I mean, I'm just saying, like he was, he was a pretty dominant player. I, I'm still rattled. You don't know who Night Train Lane is. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, here we go. Um, Ed Reed, nine-time Pro Bowler, five-time First Team, three-time Second Team. Oh, he was the first. Safety in 20 years. In 2004, the first safety in 20 years to win the Defensive Player of the Year Award, um, which is pretty exciting. He was three-time NFL interception leader, um, NFL 2000s All-Decade Team, Baltimore Ravens Ring of Honor, Hall of Fame Class 2019. Like, the dude was a boss. Yeah, the dude was indeed a he had a 107-yard interception return, which is which Oh, that's is right. He, it was like in the back of the end zone and just like gone. And see then ya. he just took off with it. He gone, and you will never see him again. So, all right. So your greatest of all time is Ed Reed on that. My greatest of all time is Sean Taylor. Let's get into the most important of all of all the greatest of all times, and that's the special teams, damn it. Oh, because go, for boy. the brand, because – I'm telling you right now, my boy is looking down on me, and I'll tell you who it is in a second. My bet, the greatest kicker of all time, Dale. If you don't agree with me, then you don't deserve to be a Colts fan. Adam Vinatieri, all the way. <laughs> he is Pop- so clutch. Papa Vinny coming in at number one. How could he not be? How could you not pick him? I mean, you, he, when you have the moments that he has, you can't say no. He is the only player in NFL history to score 900 plus points with two different teams. (laughs) That is just insane. 900 points with two different teams. He's he's the leading scorer of all time. Literally the other day, the Colts posted on Instagram their practice, and they're like, oh, Adam Vinatieri, good from 60 yards when he's 1,000 years old. No big deal. 
he's just a god that he'll probably play until he's like 74. And even by then, when he gets done playing when he's 74, he still won't be satisfied. Uh, but I mean, he is the greatest kicker of all time, no doubt. Uh, so I'm, th- I'm glad you agree with that. It's uh, funny. The, uh, um, his highest, um, the year, which year do you think, and you're not going to know at all, but which year do you think he took the most field goal attempts? The most field goal attempts. So he played from, when did he start playing? Just give me that. He, his, <laughs> he started playing the year I was born in 1996. Holy crap. Uh, the year he took the most field goal attempts, you said? Yeah, the most attempts. I'm going to say it, he took the, I'm going to say he took, in 2000, he took the most attempts. No, he did not. He took the most attempts in 2013, Andrew Luck's second year. He took 40 attempts and he was 35 for 40. <laughs> really? Yeah, he was uh, 87.5%, although in 2014, he went um, 30 for 31. Holy God, that's just, that's unreal for his age. That is, oh my God, <laughs> that's last, last wow. year, 2018, he went uh, 23 for 27. Um, yeah, it looks like 2014 was his best, and that was the year, 2014 was the year of uh, Deflategate, when the Colts oh. went to... Yeah, that was when the Colts went to the um, AFC championship game and uh, got blown out by the Patriots. Um, let's just but- say, let's just say <laughs> that uh, Dalen is still triggered by that. Uh, but- no, we were going to lose no matter what. We always choke against the Pats. Very true. Very true. Uh, so best punter is, of course, my lord and savior, Pat McAfee. Uh, he is someone I look up to in the podcast world and who I look up to in the broadcasting world because now he's on ESPN, which I love. And Yeah, he's he's uh, going to be doing those uh, college Thursday nights, right? Yep, and he deserves it. He is freaking awesome. And so I'm glad that he got it. Uh, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad he's the uh, number one. He's the uh, best. I think he's my best punter of all time. He also has the numbers to prove it. Uh He's just got a he's got a cannon. He's got I think I think I read somewhere he's got like the most punts inside the 10 than anybody does in NFL history. Well, and one of my like favorite stories is his of how um he told Bill Pullian before he drafted that he you know he'd held a ball before but he didn't cuz he was a kicker. He didn't hold a ball in college. And so he gets drafted by the Colts. And Vinny comes up, he's like, you ever held a ball before? And he's like, nope, I lied right to Bill Polian's face. Yep. <laughs> and there was that, there was like, then Vinatieri sent him to like hold ball holding school or something? Yeah, he, he sent him to this holding camp, and then he said every night, Vinny would come up to his room or whatever at practice at the hotel, and he would throw him like 500 balls every single night. <laughs> well, because and, you're hold when you got to think though. When you're a holder, you're holding the career of a kicker in your hand. Like if oh, you don't absolutely. hold it properly, you it's on you. Like it it's one thing if you get it perfect and they miss, that's on the kicker. If you hold it and you got laces out and perfect, then that's then then that's on you. And then the kicker will hate you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So that's would, why Vinatieri Vinatieri cared. I would also like to point out that Vinatieri is the reason that the uh, Patriots have two of their Super Bowl rings. He yep. their their first two Super Bowls, he kicked the game winning kicks 
And so yep. he's he is literally a Super Bowl winner. Like yep. that is you can't I mean especially now that he has the all-time scoring record and he's 42 and he's still kicking 60 yarders like you know, cuz I mean insane. last year he kicked at like 86%. Exactly. So I, That's it's there's insane. Just, there's just no way you can argue that anybody is better than Adam and Right. Right. So uh, yeah, so then we have Pat McAfee as my punter. Who's your punter? Is it Pat McAfee or is it someone different? Yeah, I didn't look up a punter, so sure. I- <laughs> of course, of course you didn't. I thought you'd go like with Marquette King or something. Uh, sure. Which- okay, fine. <laughs> Be that way. Uh, my lo- now you texted me this right before we um when I when we decided to record, um you texted me uh saying um I can't wait to hear who your best long snapper is. Oh god, dude. Yes. And I do have a log snapper, and he's still playing, Doug McDermott. And here's the reason: this is people are gonna people are like, why in the god living hell does this guy care about log snappers? Okay, here's the thing: Doug McDermott, greatest long snapper of all time. Here's why: the he plays for the Vikings. Number one, number two, in a game where they were playing against the Rams, he long snapped and lost the a little bit of the part of his pinky. Oh my god. He lost he lost like part of his pinky. And okay, if you lost part of your pinky, you'd have every reason to not play for the rest of the season because you now ha- are basically losing half a limb or half of a body part on a limb, right? This guy just went out, he asked for athletic tape, taped it up and went out <laughs> the next play and continued to long snap. He missed for only one he went he l- missed only one play. That's it. Like, he missed one field goal, and then that was it. And then he came back on with a taped-up pinky, still missing part of that pinky, and he went out and played. And he's still playing. So good for him for being able to man up after losing part of a flipping finger. I really want to – because in the Pro Bowl, the coaches select the long snapper for their uh, respective teams. And I would love to see – because, um, you know, they do, like, the skills challenges and whatnot. I would love to see a skills challenge for long snappers to see who can snap it the furthest. <laughs> that would be something I'd want to watch, because actually. Because they be pretty- hurl, like, the velocity that comes from a long snap for a kick is insane. It's so fast. And it's, like, a it is. perfect spiral. It is. And, you know, they don't. Get, I think they don't get recognized sometimes enough. So, Doug McDermott, you're the greatest long snapper of all time. Uh, DM me. Let's talk. Uh... So, now we're we're done with the goats. Uh, let's try to let's try to quickly go into uh, the greatest basketball player. We'll get into basketball in another episode. I think that yeah, that, well, that could we take can some yeah time. we can uh, we can do that uh, next episode because we are already at fifty minutes. <laughs> Holy God! Okay, so uh, do you want to just save tennis and golfer for later then? Sure. Yeah. Let's go into the uh, uh, next twenty-five Super Bowl winners. Okay. Here we go. So. The next 25 Super Bowls. This is what, like I said, this was posted in 2016, uh, and it said, "Congratulations to the Denver Brockers, who shocked experts and odd makers alike by manhandling the Carolina pa- Panthers in Super Bowl 50." But in this world of instant gratification, that's already old news. Uh, it, it's an in a nod of short attention spans, and then it's time to predict the next 25 Super Bowl champions. Please suspend your dif- disbelief at the door. The next, the next Super Bowl champions. So they got. They got the first three wrong. So they said that uh, oh, you it was going to be the 49ers beating the Patriots, 
And in 51, 52, it was going to be Seahawks beating the Texans. And then in 53, it was going to be the Vikings beating the Colts. So those three did not happen. God damn it. (laughs) So here we go. The next, so from here on out, the Panthers beating the Chiefs in 54, 19 to 13. And then if uh, 55, the Raider, the Raiders who have now moved to San Diego beat the Giants 34 to 20. Oh boy, the Giants in a Super Bowl next year. Wow. <laughs> and and the Raiders actually moving to San Diego instead of Las Vegas. Um the Rams beating the Jets 23 to 14. The Packers beating the Los Angeles Chargers of Anaheim 28 to 19 in Google Stadium. Uh, <laughs> oh gross at Google Stadium. <laughs> uh oh, the God. Colts the Colts beating the Lions 27 to 23 in Apple Coliseum in Apple Coliseum. Uh, good, good for the Lions. Um, the Texans beating the Eagles 24-14 in the Microsoft Dome. <laughs> um, oh, my God. You're, you're hearing this right, folks. Uh, <laughs> in Super Bowl, uh, I believe this is 60. LX, I think, stands for 60. Uh, so the the Dallas Cowboys beat the new, te- the, uh, new team, uh, St. Louis Stallions, 27 to 26 in Tesla Motor Stadium. <laughs> St. Louis uh, and it, Stallions. This is what this is what it says is uh it says finally recovered from the carnage of the Adrian Peterson trade. The the Cowboys ride ageless quarterback Tom Tony Romo and his titanium skeleton to their first Super Bowl title in 30 years. Romo earns MVP <laughs> award and throws for 304 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> um, oh, Super Tony. Bowl six, Super Bowl 61. The newly acquired team in Mexico, the Los Juegos de Mundo, so the um, the Jaguars uh, defeat the Las Vegas Scorpions 35-9 to at Facebook Field in Honolulu. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding you. The Buffalo Bills then beat the uh, Philadelphia Eagles 33-17 to in Virgin Galactic Stadium in Mexico City. Uh, and this is what it also says. It says, um, Philadelphia quarterback... Robert Griffin III throws for 260 yards, and Nelson Aguilar catches two touchdown passes in the loss. Um, and then halftime performer John Bon Jovi is booed off the stage by angry Bills fans, still outraged over his plan to buy the team and move it to Toronto. Uh, oh this God. is in 2028. The San Antonio, San Antonio Chupacabras beat the Cincinnati Bengals 42-30 to in Manning Passing Academy Dome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the the newly acquired uh, team in London, the London Monarchs, beat the Cleveland Browns thirty one to twenty seven. The poor Browns. <laughs> the poor Browns. Um, let's see. The Portland Sasquatches beat the Mexico City Diablos in Medical Marijuana Field in Mile High, Denver. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then here's the one that we were talking about, folks. At on March twentieth, two thousand thirty three, at Brady Field at Kraft Stadium in Hartford, Connecticut. After the NFL SEC merger, the Alabama Crimson Tide beat the Honolulu Tropics 34 to 10. <laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> um, and then you have um, the Washington Americans beat the Montreal Alouettes 30, 17 to 14 at Dr. James Andrews Field at Bryant Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And Tuscaloosa. then Tuscaloosa. And then part of that also uh, NFL eight, uh, SEC merger. The LSU Tigers beat the Cape Town Rhinos on June 20th, 2039 at Trump Dome in, Trump Dome in Dubai. <laughs> oh, my God. That, and then finally, to wrap it all up, to in, on June 30th, 2041, the Eagles beat the Cleveland Browns 26-24 to in overtime. 
At least, then, at least we we know that the Browns will make it to some Super Bowls. Yeah, so then this is what the article says. Decades of global warming culminate in the Super Bowl record kickoff temperature of 125 degrees, prompting critics to insist the game can no longer be safely contested outdoors, even along temperate Great Lakes Rivera. Uh, nevertheless, nevertheless, Rivers Romo passes for 292 yards and connects on two long touchdown strikes to wide receiver Robert Griffin IV. Cleveland quarterback Benjamin Roethlisberger throws for three touchdown passes, including two to veteran tight end LeBron James Jr. But the Browns fall short when a block punt rolls out of the back of the end zone to, for the decisive safety in overtime. Afterward, President Rob Gronkowski presents the Lombardi Trophy to Eagles owner Taylor Swift, who then signs Roma to a 10-year, $1 billion contract extension with $500 million guaranteed. Training camp begins the following week for each of the league's 128 teams. Wow, President Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> I'd love to see so, that happen. Uh, so that was in 2040. Place our bets now for uh, Crimson Tide to uh, win the uh, Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that's. Pro- I'm sure the uh, odds makers would laugh in your face if you do that. But regardless, we are way out of over time. Sports Without Borders, episode 10. This has been a fun episode, Dalen. And as always, you can find us podcastwithoutborders.com. Dalen, as always. I hate your guts. Thanks, buddy.